were names of giants <laughs> in, in old history. And you're like, hmm, starting to put the pieces together here. We're like, wow. So could these spirits of the giant, once the giant dies, could that be a demon? It's starting to make sense that, yeah, that, that makes sense. So the body dies, then the spirit is free to roam. And look what it says here, Matthew chapter 10. So devils are unclean spirits. Jesus shows up and all these unclean spirits are all over. And they're doing bad stuff. And Jesus deals with them. Why? Because Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. So God can see the spirit world and the physical world at the same time. Now these are in a different plane, a different dimension. I don't know how to even describe it, but they're spiritual. So they're in the spirit world. And in their body, they were in the physical world. So they were in both. Now they're only in one. So they're staying in that spirit world, and now they're coming over and possessing the spirits of humans. And so there was a lot of demonic possession taking place. And Jesus would see these spirits inside the people, and he would cast them out. Matthew chapter 10, and verse 1. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out. Out of what? Out of people. So wouldn't that make sense that the giant was born, and he has a body, but then he dies, and then he just... Looks down, there's his dead body, and he's just kind of floating. He's like, well, now what? He's got nothing to do. And the devil comes and goes, you're one of mine, follow me. And he teaches them how to do evil things, and they're looking for a new body to get into. That's what unclean spirits are. They are wicked. They are evil. They are ungodly. They are not what God produced. God did not want that to be made. The devil made that. So I believe that's where demons come from. Couple more verses here. Look at Mark chapter five. Um, this is just a personal belief on my part. But uh, are they going to live forever? Hmm. Um, it seems like what it sounds like in the Bible is that demons are getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And I wonder if eventually it just they just cease to exist. I don't know. I don't. Maybe they exist forever in hell with the devil. Maybe that too. But in the Bible. They went from being a giant in a body to in the spirit world, they're really, really tiny. Because look what happens here. This is really weird. Go to Mark chapter 5 and verse 8 and 9. Mark 5, 8. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And what happened? Well, verse 13. Look at this. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out. You read in one place, there was a thousand. You read in another place, there were actually two men, so there were two thousand. So, a thousand demons can be in one person? They'd have to be pretty small, wouldn't they? (laughs) Isn't that weird? And then what did they do? Um, And entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea where they were about two thousand, and were choked in the sea. So, this is weird, because these things can get into a body of an animal. Mm -hmm. And an animal can be possessed by a demon. Mm -hmm. Isn't that weird? Now, can a Christian be possessed? No. The Bible says, Greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. The Bible says when we're saved, Ephesians 1.13, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So I don't see that a devil can come in the same place where the Holy Spirit is. But I can see oppression and and giving Christians depression. But I don't see a Christian, a true born-again child of God, being possessed. Because that spirit of a Christian is occupied. And it's like, no vacancy. No, no, you're not allowed here, devil. Okay? But the devil can sure oppress you from outside. So demons can get inside of people that aren't saved. That is creepy. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12 real quick. And Jesus talks about this. 
But he never says where they come from. It's like, you understand. So maybe there was a book of Enoch at one time that the Jews knew and they knew all this. But for some reason in our King James Bible, it doesn't tell us where demons come from. All we know is that the Bible always talks about them in the New Testament as unclean, wicked spirits that aren't good. So the best thing to do is stay away from them. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 43 through 45. 12:43 says this. When the unclean spirit, now this is Jesus speaking. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. Hmm. Then he saith, I will return unto my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. Now, why would the spirit be wicked? Because in the body as a giant, he was already wicked. He probably already knew he was of the devil. So he's he's already he's unsavable. He's unredeemable because he's he's from Satan. So he's already evil. Now he's just a spirit being. He's still evil. And it says here, he then goeth he and taketh, and probably what he's doing is he's fornicating, because giants have babies. So all he cares about is the depravity of the flesh. Right. And now he can't feel that anymore because he doesn't have a body. So he gets into someone who's not safe so he can do things that he can feel. Yep. Isn't that, I mean, I, I don't have time to tell you the story about the demon-possessed woman I met on a bus one time. What a weird story, but she told me about her husband, her lover, I guess. I don't think they were married and how they got a demon. And she says, I can't describe to you the feeling of what it felt like when it entered into me. It was just pure hate and pure spite and pure just wanting to, to, to make you feel pain or make you feel pleasure just to where you couldn't even take it. It was just, just, just thinking about these things. They're just pure evil. Hmm. But anyway, the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so, shall it be also unto this wicked generation. So... The Bible teaches that a person can get a demon or several demons or up to a thousand, maybe even more. And so what are they? Well, it makes sense that they would be the offspring of the fallen angels. So if you don't believe that angels can fall and do that with women, then you have no explanation of where giants come from. And many Christians go, I don't believe in giants. Okay, then I guess you don't believe in demons. There's no such thing as demons. There are. I get phone calls all the time from people claiming to be demon possessed. And um, they tell me, you know, I'm, I, I want to get saved, but this demon's laughing at me, mocking me, saying I can't get and things like that. They are real. These things are. But the Bible says that the blood of Jesus is more powerful. And I don't have time to get into that and how to deal with that. But now let's talk about this clones. So the devil is over here and he from the beginning was the great manipulator of DNA. And he's producing corrupt DNA and he's producing giants. I personally think he's also producing hybrid animal stuff. Today we call that chimera. But you know the word satyr is in the Bible? Do you know what a satyr is? Half human, half goat. And I've seen on the internet, the skull of man with goat's horn. You can see that. They probably would have had horns like a goat. They were half human, half... So all these old ancient mythology things, they were, oh, that's just not real. You look at the Bible and go, yeah, that possibly could have been real. Um, They're centaur. Half human, half horse. And people say, well, that can't happen today. Well, no, if you go and you do something with an animal, that's called bestiality. And I've not seen those animals being able to do that. But if you know how to mix DNA with CRISPR and things like that, then you can have something like that. And there's some people saying today they're they're making things like that in certain places in laboratories and things. So (laughs) isn't that weird? So when you look at all this, what is a clone? Well, do you remember, was it in the 80s or 90s when scientists came out and openly said, we finally learned how to clone, and the first thing they cloned was a sheep. A sheep. 
a type of a Christian. Isn't that weird? We're sheep, aren't we? And so they say we clone. So they can clone. But what is a clone? They use DNA of something that already exists in order to make a replicant or an exact copy of that. And that's what they call a clone. So they're making the body of whatever's already a body. Does that make it a soul? If they were able to clone human beings, if they could make another Robert Breaker, would that Robert Breaker have my soul in it? It would just be basically like a beast, really. It'd be like an animal because it has no soul. It would be almost like one of these things. Now, is it going to have a spirit in it? Well, all they did was clone the body. There's no mother and father. Maybe they used the mother to incubate it or whatever, but I don't even think it would have a spirit. It's just the body. And a lot of people are saying, now, how's this tie into UFOs? <laughs> Isn't that fun? Well, we don't have time to go there, but I think that UFOs are fallen angels that have somehow, because of all their vast understanding, know how to make you know vessels that will travel and things like that. And the little alien greys, you know, I think they've made those in laboratories and they use those for bodies, for vessels, for the demons to get in. And I don't have time to get into all that. I'll start sounding crazy, won't I? But when I was in Bible school, there was a book that came out called Matrix. And I don't know if you remember that. I don't know if Ruckman talked about that. But there was four volumes of the books of Matrix by Vladimir Valerian and how supposedly he was one of these that worked in these underground bases. And he got all these papers out and he printed them in four volumes. And uh, in those books, he says that the way you can tell a clone is that their right eye is darker than their left eye. And that when they go around and they move, they can't move their pinkies for some reason. So they're always doing this number. All right, I'm going to give you a weird story right now. Are you ready for this? All right, this is, this is not fact. This is just something we observed that made us scratch our head. Okay, so... We, are, we were talking, a friend of mine, and we were talking about all this, and what if clones is so demons can get in, and, and you look at the little alien greys, they only have four fingers, they don't have five. So they start with six fingers, the giants, we have five. Well, they degenerate, because you start messing with DNA, you're making mutants. So they, they say if it's a clone, this finger doesn't work, because those little greys are inside and all this. So I was talking to one of my friends about Jack Van Empey. And uh, one of my friends in Bible school, I said, man, I, I got the book by Jack Van Impey. After I got saved, I started reading it. Man, it was good. And it was great. It was the gospel. And it's through faith in the blood. And I said, my dad has some old VHS tapes of Jack Van Impey at the end of his programs telling people how to get saved. And so we we went to the shelf and got some at the end of the program. He's all like, you want to be saved? You trust the blood of Jesus. I said, man, this is great. And then I flip over and he's live. And so this was like. 20 years before, and now he's live on TV. And I go, let's watch this. And we watched this, and his right eye looked a little darker, and he wasn't moving his pinkies. And he got to the end, he says, now ask Jesus in your heart. And my friend and I looked at each other and go, is that the real Jack Van Empey? Where's the blood? Did they clone him? And now he's preaching another gospel? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, how weird that he's not saying what he once did. And he's showing all the signs of what this book said. I was like, dude, this is creepy. Isn't it creepy what they can do? So if you ever see Robert Breaker here one day and my eyes darker on one side and I'm going like this and not moving my pinkies and I'm telling you another gospel, then maybe they killed me and now I'm a clone. okay? and just cast the devil out of me. Let me just fall down and hit my head and and let that whatever die. okay? because that's not me. Amen. But uh, I'm going to preach the blood because that's something that demons hate. They hate the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I've got 10 minutes to finish this up. So I don't have time to get into what an animal is. But do animals have souls? 
I don't think so. The Bible talks about when an animal dies. An animal has its own spirit, if you will. But Ecclesiastes 3.2 says the spirit of a beast goeth down. So it's got a body and it's got its spirit, but it doesn't have a soul. So that's why we don't go preach the gospel to animals, right? I know it says in the Bible to preach to every creature, but you know it means human beings. It doesn't mean animals. But animals are called beasts, right? So let's go to Revelation chapter 13. I've always wondered if the Antichrist is going to be a clone. Have you ever thought about that? Now, it could be. It could be. I think maybe when he shows up, Maybe he's a real person, but maybe that real person dies and it's the clone that is doing some of this stuff. And it's a clone that the devil is using to get inside of because he's called the man of sin. Then he's called the son of perdition. So maybe when that deadly wound happens, maybe that's a clone that rises again and all the world wonders after the beast. How did he come back? It's actually a clone. It's not really him. Just a thought there. But Revelation chapter 13, notice what he's called. This is so weird. I mean, we're getting into some stuff today, aren't we? <laughs> Revelation chapter 13, verse 1 through 4. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And uh, it says, verse 2, and the beast. And he has great authority and all this. Verse 3, And I saw one of the heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, who is like unto the beast. Why does it keep calling him a beast? Well, a beast sounds like an animal. And does an animal have a soul? So, really, a giant is kind of like a beast, you could say, in a way, because he's got no soul. So the Bible is very clear who he is. Um, he's called the son of perdition in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3. Well, we have the son of perdition in the time of Jesus. Go over here to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. This is a fun study, isn't it? Boy, I probably lost half of you, but that's okay. <laughs> if you believe your Bible. If I taught this about 10 years ago, people would be like, no. But with everything we're seeing in the world today, you're like, yeah, probably. I mean, do you see how quickly times have changed? Because technology has changed so quickly that they can now go in with this CRISPR and they can do just incredible things as far as clones and stuff. But here's Jesus in John 13 and verse 27, I believe it is. Um, 27 or 37? 27. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Okay, I forgot to take you to the Last Supper where he says, to whom I give sop. Okay, and it's the son of perdition. Funny, sop, S-O-P, son of perdition. And it just happens to work out in our King James Bible in English. And after the sop, Satan entered into him, then said Jesus unto him, that thou doest do quickly. The devil literally entered into, who would the devil be? Well, he's an angel, right? I had this conversation with a friend the other day. Oh, the devil's not an angel. He's the anointed cherub. But he's also an archangel. And it says in the book of 2 Corinthians, he appears as an angel of light. Right. So there's no problem saying that he's some sort of angel. It might be a different class, but he's an angel. So the devil can appear as an angel. So he's a spirit, so he can get in the body of somebody if he wants to. The devil can literally possess someone. Yep. And here we read that he possessed the son of perdition, Judas. Now, in Acts chapter 1, verse 25, for sake of time, don't turn there. It says that when he hung himself, he went to his own place. Yep. Was that Judas? Well, if he was a human being, his soul would have gone to hell. So who was going to his own place? It was the devil that was in him going to his own place. He just used him to do what he did to Jesus. And so he's going to do something in the future the same way. The devil's going to possess a man to do something. 
which is take over the world, sit down, say, I am God, and the world worship him as God. And that's what the devil's always wanted, to be worshipped as God. God's the creator. He says, well, I'm going to create too. But he had to procreate, had to do something filthy and dirty and nasty and, and sin and fornication to make his corrupt stuff. So, the Shroud of Turin. You ever heard of the Shroud of Turin? All these people say, that's really Jesus. Well, it is a very strange thing because it's a pattern of a human body in, in cloth. And people are like, how did that get there? Because there's no, it's not painted. It's like it just, and then there it was. It's almost like, remember the atom bomb goes off in Hiroshima and then it left like a shadow or something on the wall of a person. It's almost like that's what that is. So people say, well, that's Jesus. And I read sometimes years ago, they said they're going to try to clone it because there's DNA on it. And I thought to myself, what if it wasn't Jesus? What if it was Judas? What if they could clone the body of Judas over again? What if they did that? So the devil's like, you know, I really like that body. Hold, put that on hold for a little while. I'm going to use that again later, a couple thousand years from now. Wouldn't that? Be, I'm just, I'm just spitballing. I'm just throwing out. I'm not teaching that as fact, but I'm saying, wouldn't that be interesting with clones and things like that? So the devil wants to do that. Boy, I have a lot more. Oh, I don't even have time. I'm going to have to go quickly to finish this up. All right. What happens to the devil? Revelation 19. We know he ends up down there in the lake of fire with the beast. And the false prophet. So this beast, the reason he's called a beast, personally, I think, is because he's probably cloned. So it's a clone that's doing that. Now, in Noah's day, they were messing with DNA. And in our day, we are seeing something similar. Satan wanted a seed. And he's doing this in making himself a seed. He's manipulating DNA to get himself his own seed. God made man for himself. What does Revelation 4.4 say at the end? For thy pleasure. Man was created. So we are created to please God. He made us a certain way and we're to please him. Well, the devil wants to corrupt or hijack man for himself. Please go to YouTube and look up this video. God's name in our DNA, scientist says. Sit that into YouTube. God's name in our DNA, comma, scientist says. And it's uh, only 14, 15 minutes long. All right. It's about this guy who is a Jewish scientist who says he went to the coding of the DNA and he looks at the coding of the DNA and he says there's a repetitive thing in this. And as it repeats, it repeats in a certain pattern. And he says, as a Jew looking at that, it shows me that God's name is in the DNA of human beings. Right. A guy paints a picture like this one on the wall. He signs it. God made us a masterpiece and he signed it. In the coding of our DNA. By the way, DNA is coding. I don't see how anybody could believe in this outdated theory of evolution that says, well, we're just some accident. When you go to true science and you see, no, there's there's definitely intelligent design because there's a little code there. Try writing code. You have to do it. It doesn't just wake up one morning. Oh, look, my computer. Wow, this is awesome. That coding just came out of nowhere. No, someone has to write it. So we have coding. And so this guy, and I don't have time to get into all of this. But this guy says that in the coding of DNA, there is a every 10 and then every five and then every six and then every five. There's a repetition taking place through through that. And he says, if you look at the Hebrew letters and you look at the letters in Hebrew, the 10th letter is Yod. Hey, and then Wa, and then Hey, and that is in Hebrew how you spell the name of the Lord. 
And of that is where we get Jehovah, right? And there's no vowel points, so we don't know if it's Yahweh. We, we don't even know how to pronounce it. All we know is that's what the Jews call the Tetragrammaton, and that is the name of God. And this Jew says, I look at the DNA code, and I see this repeating pattern, and he says, to me, it spells out that God is the creator of mankind. All right, so the devil is messing with DNA. All right, I want to finish this up right now. we just got two minutes left, if you don't mind. The devil's name is, guess what the devil's name is? The devil is Lucifer, right? Do you know how you spell Lucifer in Hebrew and how you pronounce it? Pardon my Hebrew, all right? I had a year in uh, Bible school, but here is the name of the devil in Hebrew. And, and my Lamed is ugly, I'm sorry. That is pronounced Hillel. <laughs> Sounds like hell, doesn't it? Where's the devil going? To hell. So I did a little math myself, and I tried to figure out the letters of Lucifer and how many times and everything. I'm not going to go there. You can do that. If you're a scientist, though, I'd like to know if when they mess with someone's DNA... If it changes that pattern, because that's what DNA is, that coding. And I want to know if it changes the name to a different name. I don't know. I'm just I'm just postulizing a theory here. What if the devil is saying, no, this is my masterpiece. This is my creation and my name's going into each one of mine. Wouldn't that be amazing? I'm just throwing that out there. I don't have time to get into anything else. I wish I did. I'll close with this. What if Satan is making himself a race of people who are no longer human or as God created them? What if his plan is to produce a race of people? What if he's changing people today and then when they produce children, those children no longer have a soul? And what if the devil is producing a people that cannot be saved because they are just like the early Nephilim? They don't have a soul. Wouldn't that be an interesting thing? I'm not saying he is. I'm saying what if. But do you know what in the Bible, Proverbs chapter 30? We have to, I'm going to take a little more time. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 30. I've got to close with this. There is something in the Bible that has always bothered me, and this is called the cursed generation. And in the book of Proverbs, it talks about there is a generation that is cursed. And it looks like that generation can't be saved. And I've always thought to myself, how on earth God can save anybody? Who is this cursed generation? What if that's who it is? What if the devil is actively trying to produce his corrupt DNA people again? And when those people have babies, they're not what God created with a living soul. They don't have a soul. Look at Proverbs chapter 30. This is what we call the cursed generation. You heard about these kids being born today that have black eyes? I'm not going there, but isn't that kind of creepy? Got to wonder. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 9 through 14. Proverbs 30. Verse 9. Now, I want to go to verse 9 because I want to back up in the context, okay? We're, we're literally really wanting to start in verse 11 because it talks about this generation. But I had to go back in verse 9 because the context was amazing. Lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. What an interesting context of about what we're reading. Someone stealing the name of God. Could it be the name in the DNA? That's just a context. Accuse not a servant unto his master, lest he curse thee, and thou be found guilty. 11. There is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. With all we looked at today, if you're a clone, you wouldn't know your mother or father, so you curse them. You don't care. I don't know who they are. And that doesn't it kind of tie together? <laughs> there is a generation that are pure in their own eyes, and yet it is not washed from their filthiness. 
because they were bred of corruption. There is a generational how lofty are their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up. Something to do with their eyes. You'll know them by their eyes. Black eye. I don't know. I'm just like I said, this is a great big what if, you know, but also it's hmm, connecting the dots. There is a generation. Now watch this. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth as knives. Something about their teeth. By the way, these people that had six fingers and six toes, they also found that they had two lines of teeth on top, two lines of teeth on the bottom. That is weird. The giants did. And then it says to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. They want to devour. They want to eat people. There was an old TV show called V that I watched in the 1980s. They were lizard people and they wanted to eat people, wanted to devour. But the giants wanted to eat people. Are we seeing a repeat of Genesis 6? Look, mic drop, you know, I'm done. Are we seeing a repeat of Genesis chapter 6? Is the devil doing what he did in the beginning and here we are toward the end? And is he producing more Nephilim? But but is he producing them in a way that they're, they're still coming from the DNA of man, but they're still... Is he producing a soulless group of people, a soulless generation that is going to just start eating people? I'm glad the rapture's coming because I don't want to see, you know, happy Halloween. Hey, man, how about that, Hollywood? Um, make a video about that. Make a horror movie about the little black eyed children eating people that the devil's manipulating. I want the rights to that, by the way. So when you make the money, you send it to me. Hey, man, because but I'm just saying what a crazy world we live in. Truth is stranger than fiction. And the worst that we could sit around and think that the world will be under the devil. It's probably going to be hundred times worse than that. We, our brains just really can't even fathom what the devil's going to do. And I really believe there'll be cannibalism during the tribulation. And I really believe they'll be literally eating people. And it might be those that are doing it. Did y'all enjoy that? Happy Halloween, right? Kind of creepy, but it had to be said. And let me just close with the gospel. The only way to counter all this is the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that can save us. The spirit world hates the blood of Jesus. The physical world hates Jesus. So trust the blood and then you go to heaven. Because at the rapture, it says corruption is made in corruption. So the rapture is the only thing that will give us a glorified body and the only hope we have. Amen. All right. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Amen.